Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, welcome back to Tip Today. It's time for this. The Tipperary Village Tour. Funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee. Tipperary's Tip FM. Now we're in Burncourt in South Tipperary for this week's Tip uh, Today Village Tour. We'll go live to Burncourt in just a few moments' time. But first of all, Ali and John took a tour of some of the main attractions in the area. Okay, John, for this week's village tour, we're in an area I know well, the lovely Glengara Woods. Absolutely gorgeous, isn't it? In fact, I don't know whether I should have the microphone in me questioning (laughs) you or not. I feel uh, very inadequate here with a local expert. But one thing I can say is this is one of the most beautiful places for a walk. And, of course, it's up to the lovely trees that are along here. And there's beautiful forestry. And, of course, as we're going up along, we'll see all these, which was a, a fad in the 19th century among the, the, the aristocracy to bring in exotic trees from abroad. And the uh, Viscount Lismore from uh, Shanbali Castle, I'm sure which you know, you've heard about as well, he brought in all these trees and put them up along here. So it makes a beautiful walk to a beautiful location high up on the, higher up on the mountain. But what I love about this walk is, I mean, they're beautiful walks, but this is one of my favourite, because all the way up along you have this noise, and we should listen for a second. And isn't that so soothing, yeah. uh, a walk like this? So this is one of my favourite walks, and in fact we're doing, I think, Court this week, and of course this is the Court River, so it's the first connection there. So, I mean, I think that's, that's absolutely fantastic. I remember it's a gateway into the Galatis as well as that. Maybe uh, enough people don't know about it, and hopefully in the future a lot more will know about it. And of course if we go up here then, that is one of the treasures of the Galatis up here, and we'll probably visit that and talk about its history. And on the way then, we'll see, I think the sequoia tree was brought in from California. And it's interesting because these trees can live to be three or 4,000 years. Now this one is obviously a baby. It's only three or 400 years old. So it maybe, it probably hasn't even reached its full height yet, but it's wonderful to see all of that, the greenery around you. And remember, soothing uh, sounds like this greenery, it's great for our mental health. It's also a well-resourced, I think, facility here in Walk here. We've just had uh, the resurfacing of the car park and the road coming into it as well. Is that, do you think, what draws a lot of people, is that it, it's, it's an area that's well-maintained and well-looked after? Yes, in walking, that's what I think, especially in leisure walking, if you give people what they want. And when I started off, got involved in walking in the, in the 80s, you were tearing through bushes, you'd want uh, uh, to bring out a secretaire's with you. But in fairness to the Irish government, they have got themselves together. The county councils are doing it mo- mostly. We also have rural recreation of- officers now. There's a big emphasis on that. And when you see, when you, you know, like here, like up in Grange in... Uh, we'll say in northeast Tipperary, Portumna Wood as well as that. When you give people what they want, they'll turn up in spades. And I say, you're local here. It's very rare you come into this car park and there isn't someone here. Yeah, very rare. Okay, let's make our way on. 
Now, John, we approach the beautiful Mountain Lodge and it's great to see it like a phoenix from the ashes almost because for many years it just went, fell into disrepair and was kind of neglected and a bit sorry looking for itself. But I think the great work of the conservation group who we'll be speaking to later, um, they put a lot of work and a lot of effort into bringing it back as kind of an event centre now. But tell me the history of it. Yeah, well, as far as I know, this was built. Of course, all this land here was owned by the... Um, uh, Viscounts Lismore and this was built as a hunting lodge by the Viscounts and uh, so was, and that was the interesting thing you know you, they're all forested now but you know down your way as well there was um, Galtic Castle as well as that so there was actually a lot happening over here on the on this so I understand then that what happened was the uh, title of the Viscounts of Lismore now you can check this with the local historians but I think uh, that was eventually, uh, it was, the, the, the line died out. And eventually what happened was, I understand, it was inherited by their cousins who were butlers in Kilkenny. Now, so you Lady Beatrice Paul Carew, who was Beatrice Butler, and Lady Constance Butler as well as that. So the two of those, they in, inherited all the lands around here, about a thousand acres, from the Viscounts of Lismore. But then I suppose they had no objective for this, or nothing to do, because it was originally built as a hunting lodge. I know that Lady Beatrice Paul Carew actually lived in London, so it wasn't much use to them. So they did a great thing of handing it over to Anoiga. And I think the thing, Anoiga isn't really very popular, isn't, well, there aren't as many hostels now around the place. But I think if we look back at that in terms of opening up the Irish countryside, the work that Anoika did. And if you're talking about the hostels here gave you location. So for example, if you were somebody in Clonmel and you wanted to go walking, now what we tend to do is we drive out here, do a walk, go back home and drive again. But when you had to cycle or walk, you'd come out here and you'd base yourselves here. And there were hostels all over the country. And it was from there that hill walking began. The mountains were were opened up and then people began to come in from abroad and explore the countryside and I'm sure you have been here as well yeah. I remember being here and seeing all the kids yeah. yeah, and they're running around the place, they have yeah. to come up from the schools, it was absolutely fantastic, now it, it then what has happened I think, Onoiga has to a large extent been superseded what has happened is you know, people can travel in and out day trips, so you don't need these hostels as much. And they were in, on Oiga hostels were in isolated places, and they began to replace by commercial hostels that were mostly in urban centres. But, I mean, I think this is fantastic, and it's wonderful. What I think is that the community care enough to keep this place alive, and they do have events here. Now kind of donning my tourist hat a little bit. I'd love to see, I mean we're up here today and it's a beautiful place to have, but there's nothing happening. I wonder, you know, is there ever a possibility of getting it back to the stage where it actually, where you actually could, people could stay here again. That kind of thing, particularly with the shortages of accommodation or as well as that even as a parking place for walkers who could come up here and maybe you know, you could have a little, you could have coffee available or something like that. 
that. I mean, it's like all over Europe you have these hostels up in the mountains. So I just wonder. So that will be an interesting thing. I know all these things, and it's, you know, can't be done easily. But it'll be an interesting question when you're talking to the committee. Yeah. What are the plans here? And will we be able to make it that it's much more, it's, it's more vibrant even than it is? Yeah. So I think it's a wonderful history. I hope it has a great future. Another great aspect of Lengara as well as the Millennium Forest as well, which is really starting to show itself now. It's taken a few years, but it's beautiful now. Yeah, I mean, that is the thing about this state. I mean, I suppose we were a very poor country, and all we did was we brought, you know, uh, Sitka spruce and Norwegian pine and that into the country, and, you know, these were vast, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, monotonous deserts but what has ha- and that was at the expense of our local uh, deciduous trees but now we've copped on and we're replacing it I think the Millennium Project was a wonderful thing now it's a uh, they're much slower growing yeah. that's why you have the Sitka spruce it grows so fast it's commercial but I think we have to look at the broad sense in the sense that the improvement that comes with from people's mental health and that from being out in green spaces I think that's a wonderful uh, project and you know we we have learned from the past and I think we're going the right way now but uh, another thing then we'll be actually talking about I hope when we're down there do you know uh, Shanbali Castle now that's gone completely and that I once heard it was knocked down now I know the reason why it was knocked down but I once heard it was because it had one more window than Buckingham Palace is that that right? was the local legend. <laughs> well, I don't know if, it, if that was the case. It was knocked down in the 1960s, yeah. so it was knocked down by the Irish state. But that's an interesting point because, of course, the architect of it was uh, John Nash, and he built Buckingham Palace. He built, he designed this place because he worked for the Viscounts um, Lismore as well as that. So. I understand it was actually blown up eventually, yeah, blown yeah. up by the Irish state in the 1960s. And of course, that was so sad yeah. because we lost. I mean, everybody blames the IRA and the Civil War and that the loss of so many of our great homes. But far more of them were actually knocked down and sold off or blown up by the Irish state. And this was one of the last ones in the 1960s. You'd imagine they had learned a bit more because if I do say so myself, looking at the pictures of it, it was so much more yeah. beautiful than Buckingham Palace, yeah. which I think, uh, I always think uh, what should happen there with John Nash is he should plant trees in front of it. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> but not in front of Shanbali Castle. Yeah, and it's a shame we can't go to see Shambhala Castle, but one castle we can go and see today is Burncourt Castle. I will try and talk about that. Yeah. I think down here I have more questions and answers, but I'll put a few questions anyway. All right, let's go. John, coming through Burncourt Village then on our way here to Burncourt Castle, but it's great to see. We hear a lot about rural decline, uh, but Burncourt's still able to maintain a shop and two pubs, which for small villages is a good sign in these days. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, and you know, it's a, a village that I'd say before this I've been through about twice in my life. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a place that, doesn't have any passing trade but it's fantastic I mean that villages can do this and this is what we need to get uh, we you know they have two pubs and you have a shop here and so many other villages you go into now and there's absolutely nothing left there so we'll have to put it to the people of yeah. you know they must be supporting local and that's what all the villages should be doing but we've come on here now we're outside Court Castle and I'm looking at it now to me anyway looking at this this is typical of the transition that took place in the 17th century in Ireland. Up to that, 
all that was ever built were castles, really, or tower houses for important people. And the reason is you are so subject to attack that it was the only safe place to live. Now, the problem is, if you look at those square tower houses that are around the country, people call them castles, they were very uncomfortable, dark places to live. You'd get out of them as soon as you can. And people felt, I think, after the defeat of, of Gaelic Ireland in 1603, that they could breathe a sigh of relief and they could start to build uh, more comfortable houses. And this looks typical of that, because they're not even what they call matriculations. You know the things you throw the boiled aisle on the people? They're not even here. So this house was obviously built in the expectations of a relatively peaceful time. Now, I don't know exactly who was, you know, who exactly were the people who were behind this, were they butlers, who are they? But obviously they got it wrong because, I mean, burn court, so that's an English word, but it tells us, and I presume it's the burning of this castle. I understand this castle was burned in the Cromwellian times, and that's an interesting question, but was Cromwell here? Who burned it? He certainly devastated an awful lot of Munster. This may have happened here, but it'll be interesting, but at the moment anyway, um, you know, it's just a ruin here and hopefully they will uh, consolidate it and preserve it so that it will be kept on for the future. Yeah. And there's one other thing then, and I, we might put here, this is right under us here, it's limestone and it's the right conditions for caves. So of course you have the Mitchellstown show cave and that's fantastic. But I was mad enough one time that I used to do caving mostly down in the Burren. And you know, I don't think you can tell, but maybe the local people have, there's supposed to be another uh, cave here called the Old Desmond Cave. And that has never been developed. But it's apparently a beautiful cave. And I understand in uh, history that it's called the Old Desmond Cave because during the wars, uh, we'll say, during uh, the war, the Tudor Wars in the 16th century, the Earl of uh, Desmond was lo- uh, losing out badly, and so he went and hid down there. And I believe it was also used, it may have been, I had a rumour as well, it was used in uh, 19, in the War of Independence as well, because, you know, around this area in South Tiberi was pretty much of a hotbed. And secondly, I always think that, even up in Clare, I think they didn't really use the caves much, but it's a huge cave system. Yeah. If they had gone down there, it would have been virtually impossible for the British to root them out, as the Israelis are finding out now once you go underground it is very very hard to root yeah. people out so you know I so saw I wonder is it just a figment of people's imaginations does it uh, really exist and was it a place of refuge right through history here loads of yeah. this year I have more questions than answers this time and you know what let's go ask those questions because when we come back after the break we're going to be live from the community centre in Burncourt with some of the fantastic local groups and people from the village so join us after the break Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip Today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage Puck On, you can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Good morning from Burncourt this morning. The latest stop on our village tour. Everyone say Good morning. <laughs> 
And we're delighted to be here. We've so many great people to talk to. We can't wait to highlight this fantastic village of Burncourt. And of course, I would say that because I'm only just up the road. So where else would I start but with uh, Breda Fitzgerald? Breda, good morning. Good morning, Alison. How it are you? Still feels very strange calling you Breda because I have to. I'm sure a lot of people around yeah, know, but you life. you had the the poor misfortune of teaching me history and English in yes. secondary school. I was was I all right? Yes, that's why why you are where you are today. <laughs> I owe it all to you. Well, tell me, I know in recent years you've been very busy, of course, in the community here, particularly when it comes to the hostel and the, the conservation group involved there. As we were saying when me and John G went up to visit there, it's like a phoenix from the ashes compared to what it was a few years ago. There was an awful lot of work went into that, though. Yes, it, um, there's been a huge conservation project in it. I suppose there's the guts of um, probably about 200,000 has gone into it. An awful lot of it, of course, obviously grant-aided, but there was um, community fundraising as well. And um, as you can see when you were up there, like, I mean, the roof has been replaced. All the windows had to be redone um, because you know that when, it, when Anoika left it, it was vandalised on two occasions and we took it over as a project in 2015 um, and at present we hold a sublease from Anoiga and they in turn from Quilta um, but we're in the process of ironing all of that out at the moment um, and um, like I mean at the moment it's habitable and it's also I suppose structurally sound which is very important um, we have um, we have a lot of progress made in it. Um, as I said, there's been a survey of the existing water system in it. There's a new biocycle system in it. Um, treatment of wet rot in a number of rooms. It's also, um, the electricity has been connected. We have CCTV coverage in it and um, fencing in it. So there is some work to be done. Um, obviously the toilet block has to be replaced and given that it's a heritage building that has to be done per heritage guidelines yeah. so that's going to cost major money as well and we would love to install a kind of a suitable kitchen there um, obviously there's another bit of um, uh, interior work to be done and also the groundworks as well. But it's great to see it being used as an event space I'm sure a lot of people would remember that it was used as a hostel you certainly remember that John G. I remember kids going to the, the you know, young children their laughter around the place it was absolutely wonderful so I wonder can we ever return to that in the future you know uh, there's a lot of activity now in the galleries a lot of people going there I just wonder could, you, could it be possible to have a hostel again and maybe a facility where people could drive up there maybe have a cup of coffee maybe something like that and enjoy a wonderful place I know it's not easy but yeah. I, I yeah. plan yeah I agree with you totally John um, that once we get the um, once we get our lease arrangement sorted we hope to develop a business plan and that would indeed in would incorporate some sort of um, coffee room or tea rooms or something like that, that may be even open maybe at weekends or something like that. And also, at the moment, it has been used on a number of occasions for um, retreats. It's yeah. been a number for yoga workshops. We've had two sessions, two summers of Souvenirs and the Quilta there. And, um, They've we, been hugely popular, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they were very, very popular because they combine both wellness and nature yeah. and art as well. And where better place to do it? Yes, yeah, it is very popular actually. Um, we have used, we had a group last year, the Sweetbirds, and we will, um, we have had poetry workshops there. We've had writers groups there. And we had the daycare centre were up there last year doing an art workshop. Oh. And it was, you know, um, it was really lovely, like to have them there. Yeah. And um, the kids from school have been up there. They also did a number of workshops there. We've had um, Jack O'Rourke there in concert. And um, we hope to facilitate more events 
just like that. And we look forward to talking to you about more of it in the future. And among some of the other great groups that are here, Emma Russell is with me. How are you, Emma? Good, how are you, Alison? I'm great. Thanks for joining us this morning. You're going to talk to us about the uh, Burncourt Hospice movement. Tell me, how long has that been going on? So we reckon this year's probably the 24th or 25th year of it. I think it started maybe 99, 2000. We can't kind of quite put our finger on yeah. when the first year of it was. And it's an event that runs every year. I think everyone from around the community would be well aware of the great work that's done. Have you any idea how much you've raised so far? Well, this year um, we have 15,500. That's between the hospice auction, we had the New Year's Day walk, the raffle donated by the Tobin family, and we had the 45 card drive. Yeah. Um, that's all kind of done in December, so to raise 15,500 in one couple of days is amazing it's in a small incredible. village. Yeah. You know, it's and the support for that has always been huge. Always, yeah, there's always massive support. The auction night is always a great night. We get loads of donations in, always has been. Um, the New Year's Day walk has become a popular event. It's yeah. just lovely to get out yeah. on New Year's Day and you know meet everyone after the Christmas and all that. And what are the plans for the New Year then? Is it kind of similar to the events that held last year? I mean, they're steady ones, so we'll just yeah. keep them going. Yeah, so it's every Christmas kind of we kick off with them and the money raised then goes to South to hospice. Um, we presented a cheque for 14000 to them last year. This year we were able to present 1200 to the V Valley Daycare Centre. They bought new yeah. chairs down there and also to the hospice rooms in Clohane. Last year they got new garden furniture with the money we raised. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know it's something that's very close to your heart as mm -hmm. well because your dad was heavily involved in setting it up, wasn't he, PJ? Yeah. So I think, yeah, himself and Tom O'Brien probably set it up back in the day. They brought it up to Barncourt, the auction night. That ran for a number of years. Tom was the auctioneer at that. Yeah. So it was always a great event in the village. Anyone who maybe wants to donate or get in contact with you, is there a way doing that? Yeah, so Barncourt Hospice Movement, they can contact any one of the committee members. There's myself, Siobhan, Ty, there's a, there's a number of us involved in it. Um, so the donations are always, you know, great. We're always grateful for them. Absolutely. Well done on all your work to date. Well done, Abby. Give Emma a bus there. Well done. Now, every small community, of course, the engine of it is their community council. And Siobhan Hurley is here from the community council. Morning, Siobhan. Good morning, Alison. How are you're, you? You're just bursting with information for me this morning. I know you are. And we're going to start with the hall because, you know, we're here this morning. And with many other small communities, it's the heart of every community, isn't it? Oh, completely. This is our central hub. So much goes on here all the time. We have weekly events from the cards. We've recently had drama production. We have use from the school. We have so many groups that use it all the time. So it's our central hub. We need to keep it right. And all those groups supporting us and supporting the hall allow us to do that. Yeah. Do you know, so it is great. It's a fantastic base for everybody in the community. And tell me about the plans for the next few months because they're kicking off in just the next couple of weeks. Oh, they are. We've big excitement. Fantastic new project. We were delighted. We got huge support from Pubble. Great grant aid to put a new, we'll call it an extension to the hall. It's an extension to the area of the hall. We have a huge area out the back that is nearly the same size as the hall and we're putting a new building in there that will allow us to contain overflow, do independent events. It'll be a secure area that's secured at both sides of the hall. So, as I said, at least it'll pre-booked events. But it allows, when we're having our big breakfast or any of our events, yeah. it's an overflow area. Also, for any of our groups in the, that want to use it for yoga, chair yoga in the nice weather, mm -hmm. it'll be fantastic. So it'll allow us to double the capacity. Yeah. So when any event is going on here, we can fit everyone. We hate to leave anybody out. Tell me about the big breakfast, because I think a, a few of your neighbours, we might be guilty of copying <laughs> you sometimes, because 
because that has been a huge success. Isn't that the best compliment, yeah. that someone would copy you? And it really worked. I mean, the first few big breakfasts here, it was a real learning curve. We've it down to a fine art now, so it's yeah. great. And people use it again as a social outlet. People that wouldn't say go to other events, they'll come here for their breakfast, they get a great feed for very little money, but they have that social occasion that is absolutely yeah. fantastic. So it's a fantastic uh, event and we try and do one maybe once a year now and we're always trying to step it up a bit, do a little bit yeah. extra all the time. Tell me about the Pumpkin Festival as well because that's one that draws people from all over the country. Oh absolutely, we've had bus tours coming here to see our, all our, our, our pumpkins and our scarecrows and it's fantastic because it really has grown every year and I'm saying tell everyone to watch the space next year because we always have something new in the year and it's great a lot of planning goes into it a lot of work from the hard-working committee so it is fantastic the community council itself is a core group but we've lots of extra volunteers that come on board for different events and they keep us going because you couldn't do it all in the core group of seven or eight people that are on the committee so it's absolutely fantastic this year now we had a great lantern workshop which just blew the roof. We had it recorded and everything. We've videos up online uh, that were done. Um, it was uh, so you could see all the reaction to all the kids making wow. all lovely lanterns. And they had a big parade through the town with drums accompanying them. So, look, it's fantastic. And it's great to have that excitement in a small yeah. village. So it's bound to be another busy year then for the Community Council oh, it here? is. Here at the Community Council and we have some great businesses in the town without their support. We have Maureen's, she's here herself this morning, Ryan's Bar, Bertla's Bar, Pine Nurseries, core businesses that yeah. are in the village that will actually, they always support us but we like to support them. But as a particularly Maureen, she's our, she's our central point. If anybody needs to know what's going on and they don't have Facebook, Maureen will tell you what's happening, you know. <laughs> so it is a great, it's a great community. I'm so privileged to be on this committee and it's fantastic altogether. Great, Siobhan. I wish you all the best with it. Thanks for talking to us. Now, she mentioned the kids there as well, and we're going to talk to some of the kids now from Burkhardt National School as well. But Sarah Walsh, first of all. Sarah, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Alison. Thank you. Tell me about Burkhardt School. How many pupils are there? We have 92 pupils in the school That's now. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's it's fantastic. excellent, yeah. Tell me about some of the facilities then that you have there as well. Okay, so we've, um, we opened our extension in 2022. We have an additional three new large classrooms and we also fundraise with the help of the community and a sports capital grant and we opened an Astro facility so, for the children and it's also available to the wider community yeah. in the afternoon. So there's clean uniforms going home. <laughs> <laughs> That's been hugely popular, the Astro. I know a lot of communities around have been using that. It has it's made yeah. a huge difference. You know, the children can play sports throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to some of the kids now. What's your own name? Tegan. Tegan, what class are you in? Six. Six. And you, what's your name? Holly. Holly, Holly what class are you in? Six. What's your favourite um, subject to do in school? Art. Now. She's watching me. Art. <laughs> is it? What's your favourite? Probably PE. PE. And what's your name? Kiran. Kiran. And your name? Connor. Connor. Connor and Kiran. I presume you play for Vather Sheehy's, do we? Yeah, we do, yeah. What age group are you playing in? Under 13s. Well, how's it going? Good. Are we back started? Yeah. Excellent. We'll be on to you so this year, won't we? I'd say we'll have a game with you. What's your favourite subject? Uh, P. P.E. And you? P.E. P.E. as well. So I know we were always very jealous of your little vegetable garden below. I know it's a wildflower patch now, but do you enjoy doing those kind of outdoor things down the school? Uh, yeah, it's fun get to go outside and away from work. Yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? To get away from the schoolwork. And what's your favourite thing? Do you enjoy doing the, the garden patch then as well? Uh, yeah, it's good. Excellent. Well done. And do you? Yeah. Yeah, well done. What's the best thing about Burncourt, do you think, to grow up in Burncourt? What do you like the most about it? Um, 
Maureen's. Father Sheehy's. Maureen's. Who said Maureen's? Is that because she's sitting beside you? <laughs> Maureen, I might get a quick chat with you if you don't mind, Maureen. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Alison. Good to see you, Maureen. Tell me, how long have you had the shop here in the village? Oh, I can't, could not tell you. We had, um, my grandfather had a creamery first and that was burned down and then they built up uh, Burncourt stores over alongside the castle. Yeah. And then eventually the population dwindled there so they moved to the village and they started off where I live now. It's a long time. And like you're, you're a constant here in Burncourt as well. Anytime anyone would say, should drop it into Maureen's, Maureen will know that. I mean, you're such a vital part of the community. Do, do you appreciate how important you are in the community, I wonder? I suppose you know that you are because, like, there's no place else. Yeah. You know, it's the hope they come in. And if there's anybody, like, missing that used to come in all the time, you'll know and you yeah. let them know. If somebody dies, we put up the notice and they know, you yeah. know, other than that, they may not, you know. Yeah. And, well, it's, it's central for everything like that. More community than... Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shop and anything else. Because unfortunately, we're seeing that a lot of businesses in rural communities are under pressure. I'm sure you can sympathise with a lot of those businesses. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're there, but you're just kind of... You're not that busy as such, yeah. you know, but like I suppose we kept going anyway. Excellent. Well done to you. And many more years of success to you. Give Maureen a hand there as well. And now we're going to maybe break with tradition a little bit. Maureen's back to the shop. She's busy. Thanks, Maureen. Um, sure, we couldn't come here and not speak to the gardeners. Bobby Gardner, how are you doing? I would. Thank you very much uh, uh, for coming down to visit us here. It's a pleasure. Listen, I could probably give an hour alone to you by yourself. Yeah. But, uh, tell me, I know you've been busy. You've had a lot of um, concerts and gigs and stuff up in Brews, or Brian Brews as well. Brew Brews, sorry, and a friend is cringing at me while he's listening. How has that been going? Is it continue to be busy in terms of, of music and, and shows for you? Well, it has, I suppose... Uh, uh, since the COVID, we've only been doing, I think, three nights a week. Yeah. So, uh, starting, I think, on uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. You know, so it's it, it has gone well, but three nights we've had pretty good crowds. That's great. Yeah, yeah. There's no dampening of that then? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think it's better than five nights at the present time anyway. Yeah. You know, because we used to do five nights. And Linda's here with your course. Linda would always be a constant. How are you, Linda? Hi, Alison. How are you? I'm great. Good to see you again. And you're a very busy lady because I've been watching you on social media. You have the colour coding kind of um, business set up and then you're teaching music yes, then as well. Right. There's no stopping you. <laughs> Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I love what I'm doing. I teach music um, a few days in the afternoon and I have a colour and style studio for anyone who'd like to know what colour suit them. So Give it a plug there. Where's, what's the Facebook page? It's uh, lindastylestudio.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram and trying to get onto TikTok, but my daughter is, has to do that for me. I don't know how to do it. Oh, join the club. I haven't a clue. But be, what it is, it's, it's finding the colours that yes. suit you. Yes. Yeah, depending. Yes, depending yeah. on your hair color, your eye color, your your the undertone in your skin. So it's kind of a, a bit of a formula, and we mm. use about 150 colors, and we go through them all, and then you come out with a season and a palette. So you That's can go fantastic. shopping with your little palette and your handbag, and it saves you time and money. Yeah, we'd love to bring you in maybe to talk about that and, and broaden it out a little bit more, but we might go to some music. Tam is there as well, so I might count you down and we might head into an L song if that's okay. So in three, two, one.
Well done. Excellent, as always, from the gardeners. And we're going to go to Margaret now for the Flower and Garden Group. Morning, Margaret. Yeah. You're dreading me, aren't you? Yeah, good morning. No, don't worry, I won't frighten you, don't worry. Tell me about the, how long have you been involved in the Flower Group and the Gardening Group? Our Flower Club, Glengarry Flower and Garden Club, was set up in 2020. Actually, the night after that we had our first event here. The, the night after you set up? The night after. Wow. Our, our, the country was shut down. No pressure then? No pressure. <laughs> very how did one. that go? It was actually just fine, we just got yeah. on with it. Well, I suppose we were one of the lucky ones that we were able to visit gardens when we were able to visit people, uh, you know, visit yeah. on the outside. So it was, you know, we got on with our jobs anyway. And uh, as I said, we started in 2020. We our uh, motto is Friendship Through Flowers. We, at presently, we have over 60 members. That's brilliant. Huge, absolutely huge for this area. Um, within the past 12 months, we have floral demonstration, flower arranging classes. We have classes on gardening, um, health and well-being. We did an Indian cookie demonstration two weeks ago. And just last Saturday, we had a St. Bridges cross making, which by Michael Fortune, the well-known Michael Fortune yeah. from Wexford. Uh, it's lovely. And uh, we meet on the first Thursday of each month. Uh, at 7.30 here in this hall. We take a break for June and July. And um, I suppose we've a mixed lot of members. Some of our members like the flower arranging, some people like the gardening, mm. and some people just like the social aspect of what we're doing. Of course, they love the cup of tea and the yeah. chat, which is very important. Um, we, our AGM is coming up on the 8th of February, and we have a guest speaker that night, Eve McGillicuddy from... Um, oh, yeah. um, the Galti Honey, Galti um, Honey Farm, yeah. just up the road from here, and she will speak to us on bees and biodiversity. And then we have a big calendar of events from March, April, and May. June we have our annual outing to uh, our annual uh, gardening outing, and then we close down for July and August, and back again in September. Our, our, our year starts in September. Um, but if anyone wants to contact us, we're on Facebook, Glengarry Flower and Garden Club and we're open to new members at any time. Margaret, you did a great job. Give Margaret a bull of bus there. I know you were dreading it. You did fantastic. Well done, Margaret. We wish you all the best with it. Uh, now, we're going to go to a familiar old name now. It's Liam Fleming. Uh, you might know Liam Fleming, of course, and the very well-known Shulella, isn't it? I was calling it Sulella all morning. <laughs> Liam, how is that going? I mean, that has been hugely successful, isn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, we started back in 2016, I think, it was when we did the first programme. Um, you know, and I suppose one of the very early programmes is actually we did a couch to mountain top. Um, so basically, between we we had four walks a week for twelve weeks, basically starting people walking around the local J field and gradually building them up. Because um, even though we're situated here between the the Galtys on one side of us and the Knockman Downs on the yeah. other side, very few people actually had ventured up into the hills, like you know, so. Um, Are you, t you tend to favour one over the other? I think, do you? Well, no. Well, I suppose we're. We're equidistance kind of between right. both of them. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, yesterday morning, if you were here, I mean, the Galtys were looking stunning. Amazing. Like, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the snow capped mountains with the sun down on top of them. Like, you know, it's just, even just looking up at them would, yeah. would fill you up. Like, you know, so, but yeah, we, we'd done all the walks. I suppose that that program, that initial program was talking about, we had um, 48 different walks on it, and they were different walks, like different places every time, because there's actually so many walks in the locality. It's, it's unreal. There's still, I think overall there's like something like a hundred different walks in, in the area. Like obviously they're not marked walks, but just through local knowledge, like all, yeah. all these walks have been discovered. That's 
what it was about really, I suppose, it was showing people what's in the area and then the other side of them was actually the social connection to people, the local people were coming out because I suppose we live in the information age nowadays, everybody's everything yeah. on the phone and we know what's happening all around the world but we probably don't know what's happening two kilometres down the yeah. road and that's what people really um, latched onto I think was that social connection from it and that's what keeps it going from strength to strength you know. Because we are truly blessed with great walks around here and it's great to see them celebrated particularly with the Rhododendron Walking Festival as well. That's it I mean like the, it's, 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 I think it's become the, the walkers highlight of the yeah. year now of the Rhododendron Walking Festival um, started that back in I think it was 2018 if memory serves me correctly um, but it's just each year just gets bigger and bigger and they, like I said they come from all over the country outside the country now like and um, yeah I think it's just the, it's the like Siobhan was saying with, 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 with um, their big breakfast like you know they add on a bit every year like the same with the Rhododendron walking festival the attention to detail of it like is um, you know it's, it's, I think what the the walkers are amazed with they come back it's not just the walk itself and obviously the stunning location but then it's the the welcome they get and uh, yeah. the whole the whole atmosphere around it and that's what you know, the June bank holiday weekend, I suppose, we better get the plug in there for that. To, Absolutely. You know, so. What are the big plans for that then this year? Well, I'll tell you after tonight. What's the secret? <laughs> we have our first meeting on it tonight, so. That'd um, be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, but yeah, they, they do, they, they book out fest, and that's, yeah. you know, each, each year, like, um, once we announce the open dates, like the, the walks, they book out fest, you know, they've all said it on the winter solstice and, a few weeks back, they had um, another Naman walk again, yeah. hugely successful, which was um, in aid of Kunsair there. Like, you know, so all these walks there, it's, it's yeah. really becoming a, a, a walker's um, destination Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So keep the eyes peeled so for the rhododendron. The rhododendron walking festival. Great. Liam, great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Uh, we're going to keep in the active mindset now, and Brendan is here from uh, Burncourt Celtic Soccer Club. Uh, Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Alison. Tell me about the club. I mean, it's it's a really huge club, and like everything else in other groups here, continues to grow every year. Yes, um, we're just 25 years old, just gone uh, last year, so um, we're based up in Ballyharrow up here. We a new project with a pitch we put in there. F it's nearly five years ago now, so time doesn't be long going. But um, yeah, we have a team in the TSDL, a, a junior team. And then we have a school by section of the club called Shamble United. So we have about 130 kids playing That's in fantastic. that. fantastic. Yeah, from under sevens up to youth and then there's the junior team. So there's loads of kids using the facility. Um, you know, we've had a couple of kids go on and play at county level as well. But it's I, think I see some of the other groups touching as well. It's, it's a social thing, yeah. whether it's the people are involved, let's say the parents or the... The, the management of the teens, but the kids themselves, you know, is being active, but it's also mixing and soccer is maybe a slight bit different to other sports as in the fact it's not parish based. So we would be pulling from uh, Skinnerinka, Balapreen, Clahine, Burncourt, Balubi. So you have the whole south tip of South Tipperary yeah. playing soccer and you'll get kids that probably would play against each other in jail, let's say, and know each other well. Um, they come together to play soccer, like so. There's a yeah. there's a nice balance here, and it broadens the social aspect for them, for Absolutely. those kids, like so. You know, that's 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 a great thing to have. Um, as far as the club's concerned, events coming up is we have uh, 
25 year anniversary social on in Kilcorn Lodge here at the end of the month of February, 24th of February. So tickets are available there. Uh, as we said, they're on the, the main crossroads of Burncourt. Maureen's, they're de- available there, they're available for committee members and they're on Eventbrite as well. It'll be on our Facebook page as well. Um, but yeah, look, we're blessed to be part of this community. I first came back here at the start and when the club started in 98. And I'm a few miles back the road, let's say, but this community here between the shop, between the school, the community council here have been a great supporter of the club yeah. for us and anything we want here we're always supported or any events we we need they support us as well but like there's loads of um it's a real community uh it's uh there's a great spirit here like yeah. you know and if you're doing something people are in behind you because you do it for them as well so no it's great it's great like you know it's great to see you acknowledged there today and thanks for coming up and telling us no about it today you. Brendan uh, get Brendan and Bula Bus now we're going to, to talk about drama I'm coming to you Willie I'm coming to you uh, now, I know you just had a show kind of in the last... I think you've only kind of finished up the last few weeks, really. That was hugely successful, wasn't it? It was very very successful. Yeah. Uh, two sell-out nights, like, right on the 12th and 13th. And uh, we did uh, with two comedies, one at the beginning, just to liven up the audience, and then we did a serious one in the middle. Um, <clears throat> and that w- money we raised from that one was for Coon uh, Sayer, yeah. the women's refuge in Clonmel. And we, we had a... Great uh, response to that. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic. And then we finished off on a nice comedy then. Yeah. Do what I love about your drama group is you'd see pictures and I think, God, I'd never think now they'd go after drama. But that's what I love about it. It's real encompassing of everyone in the community, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We're very much a diverse group, like from yeah. 30 to mid 70s and all walks of life. That was you, Shawnee, mid 70s, was it? <laughs> <laughs> And so what are the plans then for this year? Um, we hope to get started back in maybe the next six or eight weeks. Yeah. Start uh, rehearsing again. Uh, Do you find that part of it really exciting when you're kind of facing into a new one again? Or is it a bit nerve-wracking? Uh, yes and no. I, I look yeah. forward. I, I lo- love the drama. It's, it's good, yeah. good fun. Like, it, it takes you out of your own comfort zone. Like, yeah. I think brave to stand up on the stage. Absolutely. be someone else. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, a nice beauty in that too, a bit of escapism sometimes, it's nice. Are you always looking for new members or...? Oh, always looking yeah. for new members, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all ages. Yeah. We don't discriminate. <laughs> you don't have to have any experience or anything? No, absolutely yeah. not. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Anyone then who's looking for information, how can they get that? Um, through the Community Council, so Breed Fitzgerald or Siobhan Hurley. Perfect. Willie, thanks so much for telling us. And break a leg for the year ahead. Thanks so much. Um, I'm heading to the poor Al McGillicuddy's now have been waiting for me for a while. And Shani Crotty will be coming to us before we end the show. If you haven't heard of Shani Crotty, strap yourselves in, because we'll be going to him now in a minute. But before we do, Michael and Aoife McGillicuddy, lovely to see you both. How are you doing? Hi, Alison. How are you? I'm great. Michael, how are you? Oh, I do some good, Alison. Michael McGillicuddy, I know Oh no, you're going to make me feel really bad now about my Irish Michael. <laughs> but I suppose, a lot of people would know you as well, of course, from the Gelty Honey Farm as well. Um, Aoife, I know I headed out, I couldn't believe. What was it, 2013 I headed out there? Yeah, 2013 you were, you were out there with us. My yeah, yeah. It didn't seem like that long ago. Oh, yeah, it's only like yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was all of, of your work for years, Michael, and your work towards um, saving the Irish honeybee as well. And that work continues. Yes, well, uh, I suppose Burncourt has a great connection with the native Irish honeybees. You probably noticed our 
signs outside there for the conservation yeah. area, uh, you know, for the native Irish honeybee. And uh, uh, it all started here in Burncourt, you know, and uh, Burncourt is famous for that particularly, uh, but also for the beer, the bees, of course. But uh, uh, And this uh, day is very significant because... Uh, uh, on this day, 33 years ago, was founded uh, the Galtee Bee Breeding Group up in Glengarra Wood by four beekeepers from the Galtee Bee Valley. And this, uh, uh, we, sta we started off uh, there to improve our local honeybees that were getting hybridized and mongrelized with, uh, with drones from imported bees yeah. which were coming in of Italian, uh, Itali Italian variety. And uh, so uh, that uh, lasted for about 20 years anyway. The first 20 years we developed uh, methods and, and, and uh, technology like kind of for Im uh, improving our bees and all that. It took an awful lot of work and uh, it was mainly done by uh, uh, Redmond Willems from over the road here in Tincurry and myself. And uh, you know, we had to learn an awful lot about uh, about bee improvement and uh, and, yeah. and selection and uh, and it continues. That. But it's great to see people finally starting to appreciate the honeybee. Or do you think maybe we're still a bit off from that? Oh yes, uh, yeah. The the people nowadays, uh, you know, they realise the value of the honeybee, like kind of because, uh, you know, it's not just for pr uh, for giving people stings or for uh, producing honey. It's for pollinating, yeah. pollinating all the wildflowers and uh, of the field and the forest, and as well as uh, agricultural crops and uh, and uh, horticultural crops and all that, you know. Yeah. And uh, so they're beginning to appreciate it, and they're beginning to appreciate uh, the value of our native Irish honeybee, which is most suitable for our climate, uh, you know, our damp oceanic, uh, cool uh, climate that we have here in Ireland, compared with the Mediterranean climate where the Italian bees come from, but uh, uh, we're very much, there's a bill going through the door at the moment to try and uh, and stop imports of foreign bees, uh, you know, which can cause all the damage. Yeah. By, uh, and hopefully by we might get there. I'll have to leave it there, Michael, but we might get into that a little more on the show. We'd love to have you on just to, to go into that a bit more. Speaking of bees, Sarah Whelan, good morning. Good morning. Good to talk to you. Tell me about Busy Bees. So we offer a morning service for preschool 9 to 12 and an afternoon service for one hour in the afternoons, yeah. For an hour. Here in Burncourt? We're in Burncourt in the school, yeah, in a classroom. That's fantastic. How many kids do you have at the moment? We have 22 kids. That's brilliant. Yeah, and we're fully booked for next year and we have a good few applications for 2026. Because it's not just from the village. I mean, you're, you're, you're feeding in from the wider area. Then yeah, we're surrounding areas. There's such a demand here for preschool and childcare. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a high demand. It's a big issue, I think, in rural communities as well, the issue of childcare, isn't it? And, and fresh access. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially like there's no nowhere out here since Kathleen closed. And then we were just lucky that Busy Bees then opened in the school. Yeah. Um, other than that, we'd have nothing, so we'd have we'd have to travel. Yeah, well done. And you, so you haven't been up and running for that long, but I mean, it's flying. Yeah, we're opened a year and a half, and like I say, we're fully booked. Yeah, yeah. yeah well it's done. brilliant. Thanks so Thank much. You. I might come out and get into that a bit more with you another day. Um, Shani Crotty, what are you doing here? Hello, and you whiskey so heen, man. I know I am, but you're, you're always like to help the weak, <laughs> to help the weaker parishes. <laughs> 
Do you hear that? Shawnee, tell me no, about answer. the burn court song. If I'm in my late 70s, you must be drawn to full concert recipient. Sure, I knew that at Grig you, so that's why I said it. You old pup. Sure, aren't we cousins, I think. We are cousins, I think, absolutely, and I'm proud of them. Uh, me too, Shawnee. You are going to sing us out this morning. Tell us about this song. I'll sing you a song. The name of the song is Burn Court. You wrote it yourself. No, well, well, with, I, I, with I, was, help. I was involved in it. Yeah. Of course, um, Johnny Mulkey here down the lane here wrote it, and I swapped bits here and there, and I put an A at first, and this is how it goes. Okay, off you go. There's a village in Tipperary Nestling in the valley green Overshadowed by the Galtees And the knock down serene It's the beautiful court daughter Home to farming, game and sport its ancient name was Shambhala, now known as Burncourt. No matter where I wander, no matter where I roam. And there we leave our trip uh, to lovely Burncourt uh, there, Sean in full voice uh, there. And thanks to everybody who uh, made up that wonderful programme. All right, we're going to head towards news and uh, back with that in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie